You're listening to the Transformative Podcast brought to you by the Research Center for the History of Transformations at the University of Vienna. This is an episode of the Transformative Podcast, which is brought to you by the Research Centre for the History of Transformations at the University of Vienna. And I'm Rosamund Johnston, and today I'm speaking to a dear colleague, Moimir Stransky, and a very special guest, uh, Dr. Viera Gregorova. And I was wondering if one of you two might be able to tell us where we are recording this podcast today and its significance. It is called the Hotel Post Cooperative but it was called uh, the Czech House Cooperative until 1942. So there was um, an empire which is known as the Austrian-Hungarian monarchy, and uh, the Czechs uh, had a very dominant position as an economic force, not only economic, but also, of course, cultural uh, interests. And therefore, there was the uh, urgency to find a stable area where they could come uh, and lodge, uh, have their meetings, have their social uh, clubs and also social meetings. And today in uh, the Hotel Post Cooperative, we still have uh, the possibility to look at the ballrooms which they use because now we have an opera sitting there and playing. Yeah. So uh, basically we are talking of um, complex in the middle of the city, not far from the former administrative center of uh, Bohemia. Uh, which is, say, in walking distance. So the Hotel Post sounds like it has been historically a centre for Czech cultural life in Vienna. I was wondering if I could ask you, Moimir, perhaps about how that cultural life has changed over the past century. What sorts of activities were being planned a century yeah. ago? And then what are you working on organising right now? We have now in Vienna three centres of the minority. The most important centre is actually Hotel Post here. Uh, that's our, our head office. And we have then the schools of Komensky Association, which is very important for today's Czech-speaking minority and Slovak-speaking minority as well in Vienna. And the church, uh, that would be the third. The three pillars. Yeah, yeah, yeah three pillars of the minority here. Yeah. Um, Cultural, um, we have the Czech and Slovak minority ball is actually one of the most important event of the year because it is connecting the Czech minority with the Czech school because we are using it as a matura, uh, as, uh, a ball. Ball, as, ball. Yes, yes. And so the young people are there and uh, they are celebrating their 18 year, <laughs> the end of gymnasium times and the, the starting of the next level of, of their life. And the old minority is there too. Then we have a very strong sports tradition uh, with Sokol, which is uh, also represented in this house. Sokol is also connected to Komensky Association. Interesting in bringing young people more to volleyball. Actually, <laughs> That's the main sport. When we talk about Czech Vienna, who do we mean? Who is a Czech and who historically was a Czech? And is there a kind of correlation between what we would say is 
Czechs from the Czech Republic today and the kind of founding fathers and mothers of Czech Vienna. Let's go into migration. Vienna expanded 1850 enormously and there was a need of all sorts of labor. Not only, I mean, best known is the big factories and all the labor, the cheap labor, which they drew mainly from Moravia and Slesko, mm-hmm. Silesia, and uh, yeah, also Slovakia. So this is one part. This was not so highly regarded by the Viennese, right? But then you had all the nannies, the most cooks, and uh, uh, the green grocery, which came uh, through Znoimo and uh, was kind of feeding the community here. So uh, basically, there are many routes. And not to forget that the tailors, the carpenters, shoemakers, uh, these trades also came. So if you go to Graben, uh, you will still find the traces there. Uh, so basically, uh, these have been uh, people who brought their trade to a very high art. So I'm coming from a Schneider, a tailoring dynasty, let's put it this way. We are proud of this as well, because you will find uh, on our, uh, in the references, which clubs have formed here, that there have been also these trades represented. And we still have people who have uh, really made themselves known in, in this area. Moimir, you are active at the University of Vienna, finishing off your dissertation on a study of Czechoslovakia in the 1980s and 1990s, if I understand mm. it correctly. Yes. Uh, I am interested in, in the way in which you think that the work that you are doing is relevant um, to broader Austrian society today. You're writing it in German. I mean, what are the connections that, that you think sort of predate, I suppose, the revolution? And why should Austrians be interested in, you know, what has happened to a former, you know, part of their territory decades after? My research is actually on, on, um, on associations and voluntary work and actions. And so I can show in my work that the connections between Austrian and uh, Czechoslovakian never stopped, actually, even during the 70s, 80s, 90s. After 89, it, it was everything possible. But even before 89, these connections were surprisingly strong and it was possible to have cross-bordering, uh, living on one part of the border and to go to the other uh, with the right explanation why. And in my case, it is the voluntary fire departments. The voluntary fire departments are here in Austria very strong. It's a similar situation to the Czech Republic. And they were organized in an international organization and met each other every year. I found old technique support stuff uh, going to the Czechoslovakia from Austria. Uh, officially, but they uh, sold, for instance, new vehicles to Czechoslovakia to get them a little bit more support as an example of coordination and, and working together. Moimir, as well, studying history, you teach it and you teach it at the Czech gymnasium here in town. Why would you want to and why would you choose to teach at a Czech school? you know, of all the gymnasia in this city? <laughs> That's a good question, but I would say it, it's not just Czech gymnasium. It's, it's actually an Austrian gymnasium with a Czech and Slovak tradition. And so 
For me, it is interesting to deal with students from Czech Republic, Slovakia, and also Austria. Uh, we have three different backgrounds in in the families, uh, and I'm not speaking about a mixed uh, marriage um, people. Uh, we have a lot of them, uh, Spanish, Czech, or whatever. This specific mixture make it interesting for me because I mean, we we are here in Vienna. Vienna has uh, become again a um, metropole uh, with yeah, dozens of languages and people coming from anywhere of the world. But the Czech, Slovak and Austrian-based Czechs or Slovak-speaking people concentrating in this school system of Komensky uh, are uh, dealing with a very small area, with this middle European area. And so I would say it is it is a kind of um, exercising being international in, in a small region. Yeah? And that makes it interesting for me. And I mean, teaching history is always about you have to look after this multi approach. Uh, how can an act be uh, described from a Czech view of a German speaking person or a Czech speaking person or a G Jewish Czech or German speaking person. And the same act uh, might have another impact on an Austrian Czech or German speaking person. And this makes it very interesting for me to deal with these so last question for the pair of you, because you're very active in this space and you have a certain amount of influence in it. What are your hopes for the Hotel Post and the, the Czech community in Vienna for, let's say, you know, 30, 50 years time? Uh, look, the Hotel Post is an operation which is sustaining uh, the uh, cooperative. So we still try to have the cooperative members come from the minority or being at least strongly related. Up to now, we are conducting our meetings in Czech. I do not know what will be in, say, five years. I cannot tell you because it's not so easy. I like this idea of multilinguality. That is the most important part. And I would say that Czech and Slovaks here in Vienna could play an important role to bring German back to the Czech Republic because young people are communicated in English with each other. Our students from Komensky and people spending a little bit of their life in Vienna or Austria are used to use German again. And so they are able to live in this old tradition of German, Czech speaking, uh, let's say, family life yeah, in, in these two countries. And that, that might be uh, important for, for the next decades, but um, also hope that we can still live in a way we used to, which means open borders and the possibility of, <laughs> of traveling to Slovakia or Czech Republic, even to an uh, afternoon tea. And um, that uh, is my hope for... <laughs> One more addition, because you said this house. I will most definitely try further 
to kind of keep this facility, hoping that uh, the health system will kind of have the upper hand and people will be uh, clever enough to, to do the vaccinations and somehow we will overcome it like uh, we overcame flu in, in the past or other pandemic uh, situations. But it's um, actually impairing us a lot. Yeah. All right, well, on that... Not most delightful note, but in this most delightful space, which is all lit up by Christmas lights on Christmas trees and which is looking very nice and festive. Thank you very much, Moimir Stransky and Dr. Viera Gregorova. You have been listening to the transformative podcast produced by Redset in Vienna. <laughs>